0: Good to see you tonight, and it is very good to be home. I always miss you when I'm gone. Um, It was a lot of work uh, preaching a conference, and I'm very busy during those times, but never uh, are you far from my mind, and I miss you always. It's always good to be back home uh, with my church family, and I want to say thank you uh, for praying uh, for me it was a very good conference uh, just a lot of liberty to preach and a very good response uh, out of those people it's a good church brother McDowell is doing a good job and you know brother McDowell and the church has just got a sweet spirit to it and uh, just good people and and I can I can just tell uh, that they were praying I could tell that uh, you were praying as well there's just a lot of liberty uh, to preach it's just I, I just can't say it enough um, and I, I was very thankful to them as well for their, their participation. Uh, when they participate, when you participate, it makes things a lot easier. Uh, just a good spirit, and so thank you for praying for that conference, and um, praise the Lord for what He's doing there and their, their missions outreach and increase in their missions giving and all of those things. And. Uh, It made me look forward to our Missions Conference in August, which by the way, the dates for our Missions Conference is August 11th through the 15th, and uh, we'll obviously mention that a lot more as we get closer, but um, Brother Lang will be here uh, with his family uh, for our Missions Conference. We're trying to get Brother Jeremiah Sargent here, uh, who is back from Fiji uh, right now, and so we're trying to get him up here too for that. And we'll also see uh, what else comes along, um, but I'm looking forward to our missions conference now. And speaking of which, um, I should give you an update uh, on our giving well, where we're at with our faith promise this year. I forget the numbers, but we were on target, weren't we? For we're we're ahead. ahead. Amen. We'll praise the Lord. We keep up the giving. We'll meet our, our promised goal, and let's go beyond that and um, ask the Lord to increase our faith and increase our giving. And like Paul said to the church at Corinth, when your faith is increased, we'll be enlarged by you and be able to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. And um, let's not go backwards. Let's ask the Lord to increase our faith and keep moving forwards. Amen. Amen. Also, uh, I saw the Wyatts, Brother Uh, George Wyatt and his wife, Jackie, uh, the Rowleys were there. You remember the Rowleys from being here just this uh, last uh, winter, fall, fall it was. And uh, also the Pollings, Brother Scott and Chris Polling were there as well. They're back from Germany for just a short time. Their daughter's getting married. But uh, all three of those uh, preachers slash evangelist missionaries were there. They all preached uh, during the conference as well. I preached every night and then uh, on Sunday as well uh, to close out the conference. But every one of them sends their greetings to you, uh, and they remember you well and um, speak highly of Plaque Road Baptist Church, and to God be the glory for that. Uh, let's keep praying for those that we support and ask the Lord to help us to even do more. And uh, every one of them sends their greetings as well as the McDowells, and it was just a it was a really good conference to... to be a part of. And so just want to thank you for your part in that, uh, for letting us go, also praying for us. Okay? All right, I've got some announcements for you, which I'll give you tonight after the service is over and the live stream is done. Uh, we'll do a little business here tonight. But um, before that, let's take our Bibles and let's get to our message tonight. I want you to turn to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. I'm going to read one verse here to get us going, but. Uh, it's more topical tonight, and I'm going to speak to you on the subject of being joyful. And uh, last, I don't know, last time I, I I was here, I can't remember if it was a Sunday afternoon or a, a Wednesday, we spoke on um, gentleness, kindness, uh, as something that the Spirit of God produces in the life of God's people. But closely related to that is also... Uh, Being joyful. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22 that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Psalm 16, verse 11, the Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible tells us that in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. At the right hand of God, there are pleasures forevermore. And I would begin tonight by saying this, that today there's a lot of people that walk around very grumpy, a lot of people that are depressed in life. There's many, There are many people who are not happy at all, and they're looking for some sort of joy or fulfillment in their life. I think everybody, to some degree, wants Joy wants fulfillment in their life. The unsaved or the people of this world may go to the world itself for joy, that turn to the elements of the world, drugs, alcohol, immorality, money, all kinds of things, only to find out afterwards that they're still empty. It's not fulfilling them in their life. But you know, saved people can be guilty of the very same thing. Maybe not turning to drugs or alcohol or immorality or anything else, but all too often, saved people are looking to the wrong things in the pursuit of joy and fulfillment in their life. It usually manifests itself in a selfish living kind of life. It's my life, it's my plans, it's my time, it's my money gaining things in this life etc looking to the wrong things in pursuit of joy but joy can never be attained in anything that is earthly the bible says that a fruit of the spirit is joy galatians 5:22 that means that joy real joy cannot be found in anything that is earthly and so I want to talk to you tonight about being joyful. We're going to look at just a couple of things. We're going to define what joy is. We're going to look at things that cause joy to be gained. We're going to look at some things that uh, that would cause joy to be lost in our life and then we're going to finish up by exploring how we can experience the fullness of joy in the Christian life. God's people have no excuses for being grumpy. Or being known as being a grump, or walking around with the, you know, the sourpuss face or attitude, uh, in this life, God's people have no excuses for that. And often we are looking to the circumstances, of of the temporal things, and and, and allowing those things to affect our mood, uh, and and we're gonna we'll look at that in just a little bit here tonight. But God's people have no excuse. So. God wants us to be joyful. Let's look at what the Word of God has to say. Let's pray and then we'll begin. Lord, would you bless your Word here tonight to our hearts as we just consider this thought, this subject. And Lord, I pray that we would not allow Satan to steal our joy or the things of this life to steal our joy, but to find the fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord, as Psalm 16 says, In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Help us, Lord, to see that real fulfillment and real joy in life only comes through that which is spiritual. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just define what joy is. Uh, If you look up the word, you'll find joyful, you'll find joy in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You find it many times. The Hebrew definition of the word joy is is basic, it means glee, it means exceeding gladness. The Greek definition is cheerfulness, delight, gladness. They're very similar in their meaning. And so if we just look at those basic definitions, we have rejoicing, we have gladness, we have cheerfulness, all associated with this word joy, joy. So, what the Spirit of God produces in the life of a believer then will be gladness, will be rejoicing, will be cheerfulness. That is what the Spirit of God will produce in the life of a child of God because the, a fruit of the Spirit is joy. Now, the question before we get going here then is, does any of that describe your life? Fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy is cheerfulness, delight, gladness, rejoicing. Does that describe your life? So you follow, you follow where I'm going with this, because that is a fruit of the Spirit. If that is not something that is really defining your life or is evidenced in your life, what is the implication? The Spirit of God is not working in that regard in your life. Not because he does not want to, but because we're not being controlled by the Spirit of God. Okay? Follow that? All right. So, let's talk about some things that cause joy to be gained in the life of a believer. First of all, joy begins with knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You can't possibly understand and know real joy unless you're saved. David talked about desiring again the joy of his salvation. Acts 16 and verse 34, that context is about the Philippian jailer who was saved after hearing Paul and Silas sing praise to God while they're in prison. The Bible says of him that he rejoiced believing in God with his house, with all of his house. You can't know real joy without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. However, after becoming a born-again Christian, our joy is fulfilled by hearing and obeying God's Word. There are certain things that we can do as saints of God that will bring joy into our lives, and I just want to look at a few of the things that the Bible says will cause you to have joy. Obviously, being filled with the Spirit of God, Ephesians 5, walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh, that very same context, Galatians five twenty two is the fruit of the Spirit, is joy. But did you know that there are other things that will cause you to be joyful in your life, things that are actually contrary to what our natural flesh is? For example, the Bible tells us that being a liberal giver is something that will actually bring joy to the Christian's life. In Acts chapter 20, and verse 35, Paul reminds the Ephesian elders who had gathered together to him, he reminds them of the words of Jesus, and he says how Jesus said, remember this, how Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is the opposite of what our natural fleshly tendency is. Now go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We spent a lot of time in 2 Corinthians 8 uh, at our missions conference that I was just preaching. At I, At least two or three messages are preached right out of the same passage. And one of the things that is remarkable in this passage is how, how Paul is talking to the church at Corinth And Paul says to the church of Corinth, I need you to understand and I want you to know about the grace of God that was bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And then he goes into verse 2. Let's let's read these verses. Verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. The context here is the offering that the Apostle Paul was taking up for the saints in Jerusalem. And he had gone to all the churches and he said, these saints uh, are in hard times. They were under persecution. They uh, They were poor. They were in hard times. And he was taking up a collection from the churches to give to the saints in Jerusalem. And Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, who, by the way, a year ago had promised to give to the needs of the church in Jerusalem. And Paul gave them instruction on how they should give so that when he comes, there's no more offerings that are given and we will send this love offering to the church in Jerusalem. In order to uh, inspire them, the church in Corinth, Paul writes and says, I need you to know about the grace of God from the churches of Macedonia. The churches of Macedonia were Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, etc., Paul says that God's grace was abundant for them and that even in their trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Even in deep poverty, the churches of Macedonia were super joyful in their giving. They gave liberally to the, church, the saints in Jerusalem, even though they didn't have anything. And they were glad to do it. I thought it was an interesting study when I was walking through this. Paul says that in, that in a great trial of affliction, that church was started under great affliction. You can read about it in Acts chapter 16. Lots of persecution. They were were joyful in the midst of persecution. They were also joyful in their giving, even though they were in deep poverty. That word deep, I looked it up, and it means mystery. I was like, the word deep, it means mystery. And I was thinking about that, and I started to study that out a little bit more. That word actually carries the meaning of the great deep meaning the mysteries of the great deep, the mysteries of the ocean, the the deep places of the ocean that no one's ever, ever gone before. You don't even know what's there. That's how deep their poverty was. Paul's like explaining these people had nothing. And yet they were joyful in their giving by the grace of God. Now, most people want to receive and they want to keep thinking that it will somehow bring them happiness or fulfillment if they can just hang on to and keep their money or keep what they have. They're trying to gain more. But the Bible says that being a liberal giver is something that is more blessed and brings more joy and fulfillment into our life. Listen, if any, if any people could have kept what they had, it would have been these churches of Macedonia. But instead, they gave it away. And not only did they give it away, verse 4 says, Paul says, "...praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints." They were begging the Apostle Paul to take their offering and give to someone else. That's how joyful they were in their giving. Most of us are stingy. Most of us are selfish. Most of us are trying to keep rather than give. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, the times that you do give and you give liberally and it's a blessing, there's something that is deeply fulfilling in that and something that brings a lot of joy into your life. It's the exact opposite of what our flesh wants to do. We're talking about being joyful, things that can cause joy to be gained in our life and All too often, we do the exact opposite because we follow our flesh and not the Spirit. The Bible talks about speaking a word in due season as something that brings joy into the life. Look at Proverbs chapter 15. So we don't get bogged down here. Let's just move along here pretty quick. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 23. The Bible says here, A man hath joy... By the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Speaking a word in due season uh, uh, um, uh, to someone who has a need can bring a lot of joy into our life. The Bible speaks of of godly children being raised up as something that brings joy to parents. One of the things that brings the most joy into a Christian's life is being used of God to see a lost soul come to know Jesus Christ. Look in Psalm 126 with me. Psalm 126 in verse 5, the Bible says, "...they that sow in tears shall reap in joy." He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Luke chapter 15 talks about the joy that is in heaven over one sinner that comes to know Jesus Christ. Listen, there honestly, for me personally, I don't know of anything that brings more fulfillment and more joy to my soul than being able to be used of God to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever experienced that? There's something that is divinely fulfilling about it. When you submit to the Spirit of God, and God uses you directly in someone's life, and and your testimony, and your witness, and and you're there when when this this, uh, person becomes a child of God, there's something deeply joyful and fulfilling about that. I guess what I'm saying here is all the things that bring real joy are spiritually related things, not earthly things. And the question is, are any of these things present in your life? Are you a joyful person? Or are your responses and your moods and your attitudes kind of crummy a lot of the time? God doesn't want us to live like that because that is the flesh. It's not produced by the Spirit. There are things that can cause joy to be gained in our life, and all too often we're seeking in the wrong place for those things. There's things that can cause us to lose joy too. You know, we can, we can experience some circumstances in life that are not joyful, um, You remember Job, obviously, he was severely tested. And the things that he experienced in his life, we would not consider to be joyful. A lot of heartache, a lot of pain. David was chastened severely in his life and experienced the pain of that. And so circumstances in life are not always joyful. However, there is a difference between going through unpleasant circumstances and actually losing your joy. I mentioned Paul and Silas a minute ago in Acts chapter 16, how they sang praise to God in spite of the unpleasant circumstances that they were actually walking through. Are you following this here? Real joy is not dependent upon circumstances. There are some things that can cause a saint of God to lose their joy, though, Like sin in the life that is unconfessed, grieving the Spirit of God, he cannot minister his joy. One of the the joy killers of the Christian life is a self-centered, selfish life. Look in Psalm 106 with me, please. A life that is being lived really for self in the pursuit of happiness is actually a joy killer. Psalm 106 and verse 15, the Bible says, And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. The psalmist is rehearsing the nation of Israel and how they lusted after things of this world and so on. And they wanted, they they, they recalled all of the, the quote good life they had back in Egypt. If, 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 how easily they forgot their persecution and their enslavement, and they wanted all the good food and all, and they were complaining to Moses about how, how they, he brought them out there in the wilderness to die, and they wanted all these things. And, 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 and the, the, the psalmist is rehearsing the nation of Israel and how they ended up getting what they wanted, but God sent leanness into their soul. And you know what? That can actually be true and happen to the saint of God too. Lusting after the things of this world. Pursuit of money, pursuit of career, pursuit of retirement, pursuit of anything. Anything that is earthly. Listen, the Lord may give us what we think we want only to find out that it actually becomes a burden and not a blessing. That self-centered... Selfish life, pursuing after all those things that we think are going to make me happy. God may just end up giving you what you want. But it turns out to be a real burden rather than a blessing. Leanness in the soul. Getting our eyes off the Lord. In troublesome times. Things that bring pain. That can cause us to lose our joy too. Psalm 42 and verse 5 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. You ever seen somebody or known somebody who just wallows in self-pity over trialsome or burdensome circumstances of life? And they just wallow around in self-pity instead of truly looking to the Lord for peace, for joy? Man, what a What a drag! right? That's not how God's people ought to live. Why why does that happen? Why is there the wallowing in self-pity? Because their eyes are not on the Lord. The psalmist said, Hope thou in God. Why art thou disquieted within me, my soul? Because you're not hoping in God. Yeah, there's definitely things that can cause joy to be lost. They're all fleshly things. But how can we experience the fullness of joy in this life? Well, what does it mean to be full of joy? Our text said in Psalm 16, verse 11, In thy presence is the fullness of joy. The word full means replete. It means having within its limits all that it can possibly contain. Fullness of joy. Having within its limits all that it can possibly contain. So how is life filled to its limits with rejoicing, with gladness, with cheerfulness? Well, our text says the very first thing is that in God's presence is the fullness of joy. So how is it that life can be filled to its limits with gladness and cheerfulness? Well, by God's presence is how? In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Acts chapter 2 and verse 28 says, Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. The fruit of the Spirit of God is joy. Without Him, there can be no real gladness and real cheerfulness in your life. Now, there might be momentary pleasures by living selfishly in the flesh, but no real inner radiating cheerfulness from the soul, from the heart. In the flesh, as soon as those circumstances that are making us happy right now, as soon as those circumstances change, those temporary feelings are all of a sudden gone. Right? You have times when you're up. Oh, I'm so happy! Yay! I feel so good. And then the circumstances change and all of a sudden it's like, yeah. I don't even want to live anymore. <laughs> right? That's not inner radiating cheerfulness, gladness, rejoicing of the heart. Real joy is something that comes about By being in the presence of God. Walking with God. There's a command that's given in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, walk in the Spirit. Same context as the fruit of the Spirit. The command of walk in the Spirit. That word walk means to live. It means to be occupied with. It means to abide. Abide in the Spirit. In the presence of the Lord, the result of that is lasting joy that is produced by the Spirit of God, even in the midst of trial. Now, there's a story that's told of Luther Bridges. Luther Bridges was a hymn writer, he wrote the song that's in our hymnal, He Keeps Me Singing. You know that song. The words of the song, There's Within My Heart a Melody, Jesus Whispers Sweet and Low, Fear not, I am with thee, Peace be still in all of life's ebbs and flow. You know that song? Well, he was a young man who learned to find joy in the Lord, even in the midst of severe trial. And how he wrote that song is pretty remarkable. He was a young pastor at the time. He became widely known for his evangelistic zeal and his sincerity. He had all kinds of invitations to preach in different places. Uh, he, He was well known. And he was desired of many. And the future looked very bright for this young preacher. When he was 26 years old, he took his wife and his three young children to visit uh, his wife's parents in Kentucky. It was a happy time of reunion. They stayed up late that first night. They were really exhausted from their travels. And so after their time of fellowship, they went to sleep. But in the middle of the night, they were awakened to the tragedy of fire. The entire house was engulfed in flames, and young Luther managed to get himself out of the house, but he was unable to rescue his wife and his three sons who were trapped inside, and they all died. It was too late for him to save them. The house was beginning to fall all around, and all he could do was get himself out. That day he lost his wife and all three of his boys. And what had started as such a joyous occasion and such a joyful time together ended in deep, deep sorrow. How would Mr. Bridgers go on is the question. What would he do now? How would he respond? Certainly, he was full of grief. But in his grief, he remembered that the Lord had promised songs in the night. He remembered that the Lord said that he would never leave him nor forsake him. And in the midst of his grief and his sorrow, Luther Bridges began to write the words of this song He Keeps Me Singing. There's within my heart a melody, even in the midst of sorrow. Jesus whispers, sweet and low, Fear not, I am with thee. Peace, be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Though sometimes He leads through waters deep, Trials fall across the way. Though sometimes the path seems rough and steep, I see his footprints all the way. Feasting on the riches of his grace, resting neath his sheltering wing, always looking on his smiling face. That is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing and keeps me singing as I go. His joy was full, even in the midst of tragedy and trial, and he was not consumed because he was in the presence of God. Jesus, Jesus, that was his focus How do we experience fullness of joy in this life? Listen, friend, you got to walk with God. You need to stay close to the Lord. You need to keep your eyes on the Lord. Another thing is this. God's Word is something that brings joy in the life. In John chapter 15, in verse 11, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy may be full. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's talking about abiding in the vine. He's talking about the love of the Father. And he says, these things have I spoken unto you that your joy might be full. How does God speak to us today? Through his word. Through his word. God's word is something that instills or helps to bring joy into the life. Listen, listen, here's the point. Let me just get right to it. You got a bad attitude? You got a grumpy demeanor to you? You're probably not feasting on the Word of God. I know the times that I'm the most grouchy with people is either when I'm really hungry <laughs> or I'm spiritually hungry. Because I haven't been feasting on God's word. You know what? I don't typically uh, experience real grouchiness in the morning toward people if I've spent time in God's word that morning. Have you ever noticed that? Times that you didn't spend time with the Lord, had to get your coffee, had to get out the door. Typically, God's word settles the soul and the heart. And if I haven't been in God's word that day, uh, my day doesn't start out so good. And my responses to people typically aren't so great either. Answered prayer, that's another thing that can bring joy to the soul. We don't have the time to look at all of these here, but just look at John 16 with me. John chapter 16. John 16 and verse 24. The Bible says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. You know what? Answered prayer in my life is verification of the hand of God in my life <laughs> that brings with it confidence. It brings with it increased faith and joy in knowing that God hears and God is directly involved in my life. When you see, when you pray about something specifically and you see God answer that prayer, isn't that something that thrills your heart, thrills your soul? Jesus said here, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Do you know there's another thing? that will bring joy into the life of a believer and that is God's people in 2nd John I know we're walking through this very quickly but for the sake of time we need to I think you're getting the point 2nd John verse 12 Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. John says, I want to be with you. I want to be with God's people face to face so that we can experience the fullness of joy. And here's the principle or here's the thought. Fellowship with God's people has a way of lifting and rejoicing the heart. Man, I remember, I remember times, many times, and it, 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 I, not recently, but I remember many times in my life not feeling like going to church. But you know what? I would do it anyway because I wanted to be obedient to the Lord, and I would go into church with this attitude, uh, not feeling like being there, and so on, but I would always leave refreshed from God's Word, from God's house, and just being around God's people, and I would walk away saying, man, you know what? I'm so glad I went to church tonight, even though I didn't feel like it. Listen, you should never miss church because you don't feel like going. Shame on you. Shame on me. There's just something about being with God's people. The kindred spirit the common bond in Christ, the fellowship that has a way of lifting the soul and lifting the heart. And you know what? I, I feel bad. I feel sad for people who, wanna, who are part of a, a, a New Testament church who are supposed to be part of a family who don't want anything to do with, with the people or, or, or any kind of function and they stay home or they stay away and they don't want to participate. What, are you too good for us? <laughs> That's what I want to say but I don't think that that's what the case is. It's a spiritual issue, more than likely, somewhere. Because I know that there's a common bond and a kindred spirit in Christ, and there's joy and fulfillment in being with God's people. And listen, usually it's a selfish attitude. I don't even know how I'm getting on this. It's not part of the notes, but here it goes. It's a selfish attitude that is only thinking about me rather than considering the fact that I could be end up being a blessing to somebody else. I don't feel like being there. So what? Go be a blessing to someone else. Stop thinking about yourself. See, the flesh thinks that there are certain things that are going to make us happy or joyful, but it's exactly the opposite. The Spirit of God is what produces joy in the life of a believer. And honestly, that's really not part of the note. So I'm just going to trust that the Lord wanted me to say that. The Spirit of God is what produces joy for the child of God. The child of God who abides in Him, regardless of the circumstances, can know the fullness of joy in their life. You know what sorrow comes along? But 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, even in the midst of that trial, rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. 1 Peter 1 and verse 16, wherein ye greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That word "temptations" means testings. It means trials. And Peter says rejoice, even in the middle of this season of trial, even in the middle of heaviness because of the temptations or the testings, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Even in persecution. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. I guess what I'm saying here is that many people base their happiness on their circumstances or on their happenings. The Christian joy, the real joy of our life is not going to be based on happenings or circumstances, but based on our relationship with Jesus Christ, yielding to His Spirit. Why? Because circumstances change from day to day. They change from day to day. Sometimes they're good, and oh, I'm happy. And now they're bad, and so oh, I'm sad. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He gave us the means to have true joy. It's through Christ. It's in His presence. It's in His Word. It's in abiding and walking in the Spirit. And so here's the bottom line. True joy is actually a spiritual thing and not a physical thing. Physical things, temporal things, are never going to bring happiness. So why are we looking for it in all those wrong places? Amen? The Bible says in Romans 14, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. The kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. Circumstances throughout life, including trials, temptations, loss of loved ones, poor health, financial losses, all of those kinds of things can bring heaviness of heart. However, true Christian character is one of joyfulness despite the circumstances. Why? Because it's produced by God's Spirit in us. The joy of God can dispel Any care, because our joy is not found in things, but in Him. You know, you can tell people who are serving God with visible joy and gladness and a sweet spirit in their heart. You can tell, and it's evidence because of the fact that they're walking with the Spirit of God. Joy is a gift from God. Don't let Satan steal it. Amen? Are you joyful? Is that... Judging by some of your faces, no. (laughs) Well, God can produce it in the soul. You need to abide in His presence. Get close to the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word. Just for these kinds of reminders. I think sometimes we have the wrong outlook. We go through our day. My day wasn't good. I'm frustrated by this, by that. I want this to happen and it's not happening. I don't have time for this or that. There's a lot of different things that we pursue after in this hope to find some sense of happiness or joy or fulfillment. And we're looking in all the wrong places. Circumstances change from moment to moment and day by day, up and down, feeling happy one day, feeling sad the next. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be stable. And Lord, to realize that in the presence of God is where the fullness of joy is at. Lord, to seek to draw close to you, to honor you, to build our life around you, Lord, to walk with You and let the Spirit of God produce that in our life. And in spite of the trial, we can be joyful. In spite of the hard circumstance, we can be joyful and rest in the Lord. And Lord, in so doing, I think that not only is it pleasing to You, not only does it bring joy in our life but it's a great testimony to this world so many people searching but they can never find what they're really looking for so Lord I pray that you would help us to be people who are characterized by a joyful attitude a joyful spirit because the spirit of God is producing that in us as we walk with you